Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Excited to get into today's episode. I was joined by Jake Schwanitz, my colleague on the DNVR buff side. I was on his show earlier this week, so I figured, hey, why don't you return the favor? You guys get plenty of opportunities to listen to me ramble solo, trying to get more and more guests on here, especially in these dead times when there's less to go over. I mean, once fall camp is roaring, I'll have more than enough information to talk about. But I figured we'd get Jake on here. We'd talk some win totals on the West Coast. He's obviously a Pac-12 expert. I'm a Mountain West expert. I say that kind of rolling my eyes. You know what I mean. I cover the Mountain West. Not trying to prop my own ego or pat myself on the back. Ooh, Mr. Big Shag gets a media panel vote and thinks he's an expert. (laughs) Aficionado. Let's go with that. It sounds douchier, but it's probably more accurate. Anyways, now that I've butchered this intro, I will get to that interview with Jake, but I do want to tell you guys about my friends at Bird Dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric as well that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I actually just got hooked up with my first pair of Bird Dogs. I've been wearing them all week. They look so good. Go to birddogs.com slash DNVR. Make sure you enter that code DNVR for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash DNVR. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. I also want to shout out the homies at Saturday Neon. Saturday Neon makes officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. They're a Denver-based company, and these things are sick. We've got a couple of them in the DMVR bar. If you follow me on Twitter, you can see the CSU sign popping in the background. Saturday Neon signs are made with high-quality materials. They're backed by a two-year warranty, and they're shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim so the sign is easy to install and operate. They're officially licensed for 19 select schools, including CU, CSU, Alabama, Wisconsin, so many others. These things are great for offices, man caves, dorm rooms, basements, bars, you name it. Make a great gift. Go to SaturdayNeon.com, use the code DNVR for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. Finally, when you get hurt, Backus & Shanker is here to help. Backus & Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. Free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. 
All right, joining me on the DMVR Rams podcast, we've got Jake Schwanitz of the DMVR Buffs podcast. We're doing a little cross-collaboration this week. I went on the Buffs show earlier. He's now returning the favor. We're going to dive into some college football win totals, which is definitely something both of us enjoy talking about. Uh, first things first, how's it going, man? You got a fresh haircut. You got to be looking or uh, feeling good, you know, look good, feel good, pod good. Is that a thing? <laughs> I think that's what they say out in Boulder now, but uh, doing well, man. Um, excited to be on this show. It's been a minute, but always talking ball with you, my guy, Rams, Buffs, college football, any kind, whatever it is. It's a good time of year, I feel like, to jump on some of these. Obviously, there's still a lot of unknowns and it can be challenging, but especially with the Pac-12, where you kind of have a lot of veteran quarterbacks and a, a more established presence with some of these teams, I do think there's an opportunity to just pick some preseason value. Uh, let's start the Oregon Ducks. Set at nine and a half. Where are you at on this one? So, I mean, they're obviously one of the best teams in the pack, but it just comes down to Bo Nix for me. And I've just never been a fan uh, going back to his Auburn days. I mean, he had a great year last year, uh, really just played in system and had a system that really highlighted what he does well. I mean, he can throw the deep ball. He can run around and make some plays. And he did that last year. Um, but, you know, you saw in the bigger games, you know, against Oregon State at the end of the year, uh, those real tough sound defenses. He can be the Bo Nicks that we're used to seeing. This team's going to be really talented, though. They recruited really well last year. They've got some uh, production coming back. Uh, they're probably one of the, if not the best teams in the pack in terms of trench play. Um, so even all that being said, look at the line set at nine and a half. Um, you got the plus money on the over, minus 120 on the under. I still think I'm going under. Um, I do think Oregon's going to be good this year. I just, I like other teams in the conference to take that next step. Um, and I'm sure we'll touch on them. Yeah, I mean, they have a fairly favorable schedule to start the year. Portland State at home at Texas Tech, which will be a tough game, but feels winnable as far as road P5 matchups go. Hawaii CU to start the year. So, And then Stanford with the first-year coach. So you've got a couple of first-year coaches to break into Pac-12 play. But it's just going to be so tough. I mean, Washington, Washington State, Utah, USC in a five-week stretch is brutal. This conference is just going to be good. And we've talked about that on the on the draft pod quite a bit. It just, it feels like there's an opportunity for cannibalization and it might kind of screw these teams out of the playoff picture, despite three or four of them probably having the talent to at least be in the conversation. Right. So the PAC 12 does, man, they always have, you know, three or four teams um, that everyone's intrigued by. And, you know, we're hurtling through November, getting towards uh, conference championship games and they just always stumble. Uh, USC kind of with the stumble last year. Uh, so we'll see. Oregon is, I mean, they could absolutely prove me wrong. I mean, this you look at this non-conference schedule, as you mentioned. If you get through that Texas Tech game, I think they're set up really well. I mean, you have Stanford and Cal on the schedule. Those are chalked up wins. You do have to go to Washington and Utah, though. So that's kind of where I'm hesitant. You know, USC is going to be a lot better. You get them at home this year. And same with Oregon State. But um, I just like some of these teams more flat out. Fair enough. I like it. That's why we've got you on here. We want to get the inside opinion. I can lean a little bit more on the Mountain West stuff, but I wanted to get you out here. Uh, we've got Oregon State set at eight and a half. You can get the the over on plus money on that as well. This one kind of intrigues me. I mean, they've got a couple of Mountain West teams who will 
they'll be competitive. San Jose State, especially, I should be tough. I'm kind of fading San Diego State this year. I don't think they're going to be a, a huge force. Where are you at with this Beavers team, though? I love this team. I really like this team. I'm looking forward to watching them this year a lot. They were one of my favorite teams in the pack to watch last year, and they had terrible quarterback play. Uh, that's just it was so frustrating. They it was. They, I mean, they had a great season last year, but if you have someone, and you know, DJ is. That was his downfall at Clemson, right? Was the inconsistency. So you're not really addressing the problem, but you are more talented at the position now. And I think that you can form an offense where DJ doesn't really have to do too much. When you have Damian Martinez coming back, he was one of the best young running backs in the entire country. Uh, The defense was really strong. Again, really good in the trenches, just like Oregon. Probably they're neck and neck with them. You know, Utah as well as best teams in the trenches in this conference. Uh, they get Cal, they get Stanford. You mentioned that out of the conference, you know, going to San Jose State in that opening game could be some road bumps, but I expect them to win against San Diego State and Corvallis. Um, you have to go to Pullman early on, but I like this team over under win total set at eight and a half. You can get it uh, plus money on the over, and that's what I would be doing. Let's go to Arizona State, which is going to be a really interesting team given everything that that program's been through. Herm Edwards no longer in the picture. Uh, is it Dillingham now, right? The the Oregon yep. coordinator went over there. New OC for Bo Nix, too. Another thing to factor into that uh, that equation. Where are you mm-hmm. at, I guess, with this Arizona State team? It's, it starts with the quarterback. You know, you got Trent Borgay coming back. He was good last year in spots. Um, I can't even remember the other guy who was rotating in and out with him, but he severely outperformed him. But then they bring in Drew Pine. So they were still wanting to address the quarterback position. He had, you know, when you look at the numbers, he had a decent year at Notre Dame last year, but I think there's a reason he's moving on. So the guy you look to is Jaden Rashada, the five-star coming in. Uh, Early reports haven't been, I mean, they've been fine. They just have been glowing about Rashada. You know, we're not talking about him as like, oh my God, this guy's just going to come out here and, you know, let it loose. But if he does kind of take this next step in the fall, I think they could be a team that, you know, eclipses this five, uh, five win total line that we're looking at here. But my gut just says under man. Um, you they know, have to Colorado's start high be with four straight win or four straight home games to start the year. But those are hard games. Oklahoma state, Fresno state and USC. They could very realistically go one and two at best. Oh, and threes on the table. Absolutely, man. You have to go to Washington to to Seattle to play the Huskies. You have to go to Salt Lake City to play the Utes as well. Um, so there's tough games on this schedule. And, you know, we saw last year that they had chances to – or games where they were pretty potent offensively. Um, I just don't think they have a lot of transfers coming in. I just don't know if the talent's really there this year. So under on the five-win line, you can get it minus 60. Uh, definitely shop around, though, because you can find that at much better odds. For some reason, I'm not seeing Arizona listed. They might be adjusting it. Do you have a line set or do you have a line available for the Wildcats? Yeah, I can find one real quick, but we're uh, just real quick on them. I mean, this is a team that was a lot of fun last year to watch. Uh, Jaden Delore was a ton of fun at quarterback. It could be very frustrating at times. The line I found is five and a half. You can get plus money on the over. Uh, minus 150 on the under. I actually like going over for the Wildcats this year, man. 
Uh, Tedaroa McMillan was one of the best freshman wide receivers in the country last season. Wasn't even the best receiver on their team. Uh, Jacob Cowing, the little slot receiver, he, I think, led the Pac-12 in like receiving yards. If not, it was Dorian Singer, who was not too far off. He's at USC now. But I think this team is really on the come up. I like what they have on offense. And, you know, it's the Pac-12. If you're able to score, you're going to win some games, might even win a game or two that you're not supposed to. So uh, if you can find this um, five and a half win line, I do like the over. Uh, you do. You don't have Cal, I think, on the schedule. You do have Stanford. Uh, but this out-of-conference slate, aside from Mississippi State, you should be able to beat Northern Arizona. You should be able to beat UTEP. Um, and then I picking them to beat that, you know, last game of the season against Arizona State. So that's why I fall on the sides I am for each team. I like it. I like that they have a chance to start hot, go three and one out of the gate, potentially four and zero oh, if you can win, you know, at Mississippi State. And who knows what to expect with that program this year? I mean, it's just I mean, such a sad a... situation, but. I imagine they'll still be competitive. They've had enough time to kind of regroup, but just a weird, weird deal. That game could be a fireworks show, man. I know it's an SEC team, and I know they're going to be much bigger, um, but this is the one team in the conference who really leaned into the air raid. Of course, it was under Mike Leach. We'll see exactly where they go this year. Uh, I'd expect them to kind of keep that same uh, track. But if this becomes a fireworks show, like I said, you've got Jaden Delore, you got very talented receivers. I mean, who knows what happens? I think they're going to be one of the more fun teams in the league. They're, they're definitely going to be a must-watch late night, you know, Pac-12 after dark team. Yep, absolutely. Got a little redundant there with emphasizing the late night game. Uh, Utah, eight and a half. You can get the over at plus 120. I don't know. I could see a situation where they've kind of peaked and maybe are a little bit more average this year. They're never going to be bad. That that program's just too competitive. But with the veteran quarterback presence, they still have a strong run game. I'm I'm kind of leaning the over. Where are you at with the Utes? Probably the hardest team in the conference to gauge, really, because of Cam Rising and you know coming off that torn ACL that he tore in the bowl game. So this is, I mean, as we're talking right now, it's July 12th. This is seven and a half months basically removed from this injury. That can take a whole year. So you look at the out-of-conference schedule, and it's pretty brutal. You do have a cupcake in Weber State in the week three game. But Florida comes to town. Um, I don't think they'll be as good as we saw last year. And even then, Florida wasn't great. Utah should have won that game They should. I, I mean, think everyone just knows a that. terrible pick by rising late after he played so yeah. well. And then uh, at Baylor, it'll be a tough game, too. I mean, there's a real chance this team is 0-2 going into that cupcake game against Water State. Uh, and then you get at Oregon State early on. You have to go to USC. You have to go to Washington. I think I lean the under, man. I mean, I, I may get burned on this. I just feel like, you know, we'll get to some of these Washington, I feel like, is a team that is really primed to break out. Uh, USC, I think, will be, of Caleb, I think uh, defensively is their kind of, I don't know, the thing that decides their season, how good they are on that side of the ball. And then Oregon comes to town too. It, as I said, it all depends on Cam Rising, and those are two tough games early, so I, I lean under. You mentioned Washington. That's that's a logical destination to go next. They're one of the teams, I think, that could be in that playoff conversation depending on what happens with Penix. How do you see the Husky season playing out? 
Give me the over. Uh, the line I'm looking at is nine. It's minus 130 to go on the over, plus 110 on the under. I love this team. I love Michael Penix. I think he has a real shot to become a first-round quarterback, extremely accurate, uh, can really run, too, and make some problems for the defense with his legs. You start off with Boise State, so that's a fun out-of-conference matchup in week one. Um, it's in Seattle, so I would lean Washington to win that game. Tulsa's a tough team to beat. Uh, but you get them at home as well. You have to go to Michigan State this year, although I don't think anyone's really uh, pumping Michigan State up at this point in time. Now at home, you do have to travel to USC. You do have to travel to Oregon State. But this is probably the most favorable schedule, really, that could have shucken out um, for the Huskies in terms of the home away splits. And I just love the talent on this team. They got weapons on the outside. Defensively, they got two edge guys who are going to be in the conversation when we get to the draft here in a few months. I love this team, and I think they're absolutely in the conversation to win this entire conference outright. I'm really intrigued by them. I think they're the outside of USC. I think they're the best chance for the Pac-12 to really make some noise on a national level. They haven't fared very well when they've gotten there historically, but that's no reason to to root against them or anything like that. A Wazoo, Washington State, six and a half. You can get the over at plus money, plus one forty. They do bring Cam Ward back. They added some talent um, at receiver. A couple of Mountain West guys actually picking from Fresno State and UNLV. This is a team that I've had a close eye on. Obviously, they're coming back to Fort Collins in week one. Really tough game, I think. But I do wonder if if defensively they're going to take a pretty significant step back given what they lost. Yeah, for sure. Um, it makes a ton of sense. I it's this conference is gonna be a lot of fun. That's all I have to say. I mean, it's gonna be a fireworks show every week. There's gonna be games in the 30s and 40s consistently. Uh, I really can't wait to watch this conference when the season starts. Over under, where are you leaning? Um for who again? Sorry. Wazoo. Wazoo. Ah oh, man, I, this team, I don't know. I think. Um, I'm sorry. What's the line that you have? Six I think and a half, five right? and a half. I'm so, I've got one at six and a half. Either way, five and a half or six and a half. Oh, six and a half. Yeah, um, you're right. Six and a half. So I don't know, man. This team is so hard to get. You know, Pullman is like such a trap game. You know, when we talk about the buffs, that's the game that really we circle. It's a Friday night game. It's going to be in Pullman. You know, it could be like that weird foggy, like rain just sitting in the air not really coming down type of thing. Um, I, I guess I'll lean under. I think they lost a bit in the transfer portal. You know, Cam Ward should have a better year. Um, but this is a tough out of conference slate, man. You know, go to, going to CSU, you get the Badgers at home. And then it's the Pac-12 you have to go up against. I mean, it really comes down to quarterbacks. Cam Ward is nice and he has his moments. Um, but do you trust him to even be Bo Nix consistently on a, you know, down in, down out basis to win the game, you know? I think he makes less head scratching plays. I think physically all the tools are there. I mean, he's just, he's going to have to elevate that squad in a way we haven't really seen him do at the FBS level. Now that's not to say he can't do it, but I mean, there's a reason that Mike Leach with what he did there was kind of unprecedented. It's a hard place to win. Yep. Uh, Cal is listed at five. Man, this could be a tough year. 
I, I know that they they've made some strides at times on the defensive side, but I just I have a really hard time seeing them keep pace with any of these teams. And Troy Taylor was right there. He's an alum. To see Stanford snag him, I think is is pretty painful. I, I like the under at plus money. Where are you at? Yep, exactly the same. Um, you know, Plummer, I think he hit the portal. I don't think he uh tried to make the NFL, but they have a new quarterback. It's gonna be Sam Jackson, it looks like. He was actually the third quarterback for TCU last year. Uh he had he played a bit against the Buffs in that week one game when they were still they didn't know who they were gonna start at quarterback. Duggan didn't come in until the second half in that game. Um, but this out of conference slate, I mean, this first game at North Texas, I you can't chalk that up as a cow win. That's going to be a hard to, a hard game. Auburn comes to town. I mean, we're I think we're down on the Tigers. You know, when you talk about the draft pod, but Powell didn't look impressive at all last year. They had some young guys who could play, but they lost one of their best young wide receivers in J. Michael Sturdivant. He went to UCLA. Jaden Ott comes back at Washington, at Utah, at Oregon. It's just a tough schedule, man. You'll have to win some really impressive games and beat some good teams to clear that uh, win total, I feel like. So I'm comfortable in the under. I just like that you get it at plus money, especially. It wouldn't really be an enticing bet to me otherwise, just because I don't really want to have to have any emotional investment in a program like Cal. I don't want to necessarily root against them if they have some type of rise, but that's a really tasty one. I think I'm going to mark that one down. I'm considering taking the over on Stanford too, just because of the respect I have for Troy Taylor. Listed at three, you can get the over at plus money. They do play a pretty tough schedule though. I mean, opening on the island, Hawaii, is that's challenging, especially for the first game as the leader of that program. Don't love that. You got USC week two, and then you play your old program week three, and you know they're going to be up for that game. I don't know, maybe... Maybe I'm putting my Troy Taylor glasses on a little too early, but I, I do have a lot of respect for him. I mean, I think you're on the right track. You know, when we were going through head coach candidates for the Buffs back in October, Troy Taylor was a name we talked about a lot. Um, and he obviously comes up to Stanford and comes into the conference. But Stanford just lost so much in the portal that it's tough for me to really get behind this team. You got to replace the quarterback, too. Um, it just feels like a complete rebuilding year. And of course, they're still dealing with those transfer restrictions that CU had to deal with as well, which is kind of why they got ravaged so bad in the portal. Um, you mentioned going to Hawaii to start the season. That's not an easy game. Uh, Sac State, I mean, you know, come from a lower level to play their former head coach. You can't chalk that up as a win. Don't sleep on that program. Is- that would be my advice to anybody that is betting on that matchup. They came into Fort Collins and kicked CSU's ass. Now, that wasn't that big of an accomplishment in September of of last year. I don't think that game would have gone the same way had they played in November. But still, that I mean, they've got talent and they recruit well on the West Coast. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's, we're going to probably be talking about that game for sure when we're you know previewing week three lines and looking at that Sac State money line. Uh, the last team in that non-conference is Notre Dame. I mean, it's it's brutal, man. You have to go to Oregon State. You get Washington at home. You get Oregon at home. Um, you have to go to USC. I don't know. You have to. It'd be a pretty impressive season, I think, if they cleared this win total. So I go under. But I'm long on Tro- on Troy Taylor, though. I'll say that. How about UCLA and Chip Kelly? Eight and a half, getting a lot of respect from Vegas. 
Yeah, tons of respect. And I think it's actually because of Chip Kelly. I mean, DTR is not coming back. They brought in Colin Schley, who was uh, Sean Lewis's quarterback at Kent State. Um, they also have Dante Moore as a five-star freshman. And everything I've heard about Dante Moore is watch out for this guy. So if he wins that quarterback battle, that's the path to get them over that eight-and-a-half win mark. Um, looking at the out-of-conference, Coastal, who knows what they're going to be without um, Jamie Caldwell. He moved on to uh, Liberty. And then NC Central, that's the team that Jackson State played in the Celebration Bowl. That's a good football team right there. So don't sleep on that. And, of course, San Diego State is in there as well. Um, Non-conference, though, I actually liked how it looked, how it shapes up. I mean, you dodge Oregon. You get USC at the end of the year, of course, Cal at the end of the year. Uh, you have to go to Oregon State and Utah, so there's some tough games. But Chip Kelly, is he's changed how he calls and designs his offense. It's a lot more pro-style now, a lot more tight ends on the field. Uh, his running game is spectacular, and it's a lot of fun to watch. If I had to, you know, gun to my head, make a bet, though, probably going under eight and a half. For me, it's the quarterback questions in a conference that's so just going to have really good quarterback play. You know they're going to run the ball well. They're going to be a thorn in the side of anybody they go up against. It wouldn't shock me if UCLA is the reason that the Pac-12 isn't represented in the playoff because they upset Washington or USC or something like that. But I just... It's a little too high for me. Yeah, I agree. USC, 10. A lot of hype for Caleb Williams, this squad. Can they pull it off? That's the question, man. Um, you know, they really attacked the portal. They got Dorian Singer, as I mentioned, who was one of Arizona's best receivers last year. You know, you lose Jordan Addison. Um, you bring in another guy, though, who kind of just like Addison, tore it up at his last stop. And now really the sky's the limit here at USC with Caleb Williams. Uh, out of conference, I mean, Mountain West heavy, I guess, San Jose, San Jose State and Nevada. Um, should be they wins. Do, I think they should be. And it's because they, so San Jose State, that game's in week zero. So they get that extra bye week, but it doesn't come until the last week of the season. So they actually don't play uh, right after Thanksgiving or right around Thanksgiving. They'll be off, but I like this team, man. Um, I like them more than Oregon. Like I said, you do have to go to Oregon, so that's a tough game. But you do get Utah at home. You get to go to Notre Dame. I just believe in Caleb Williams. Um, I am pretty hesitant with Alex Grinch's defense, just how bad it's been uh, the last few years, even at Oklahoma. I guess I'm taking the over, though. I mean, I think I like them and Washington as the, to be the two best teams in the Pac-12 with Oregon State right behind. They're certainly playing Big 12 football with Lincoln Riley out there. I just think they might oh, yeah. legitimately throw 60 on the board a game. It feels like they have that Reggie Bush, Vince Young type potential to just put up video game numbers. Right. I mean, but even we saw, you know, in that game against Tulane, I think they put up like 42 points, 38 points, something like that, and still lost. But I mean, that's with Caleb Williams, you know, hamstring basically ripping off of his bone and then. Um, you know, the defense, as we mentioned, Ty, Ty J Spears was the Tulane guy, I think. Yeah, they're running back. Right they just tore him. him apart. Yeah, just ran right through him. So, I mean, there's some teams that can really run the football in this conference as well. So, if that's their Achilles heel again, then it's going to be the under. That's really what it, what it hinges on for me is that defense and how they perform. But gun to my head, I'm taking the over. All right, we saved it. See you.
three and a half. Where are you at? Uh, they have to get off to a hot start if they're going to hit the yeah. over. Uh, I think they will. And I think that they will clear that over. Uh, I think they'll flirt with ball eligibility this year. Um, it's just, you can't gauge this team. And I feel like what you see in the line is kind of reflecting that where, yeah, you look at what these guys did at Jackson state, you look at what they did at their previous stops, but now they're all together in here. No one really knows what it's going to look like. Uh, like TCU, how does TCU scout this team ahead of week one? Like you, you can't. So they have that factor going in even like I'd say the first up until their bye, which is uh, October 21st that week. I mean, even CSU, I know there's some familiarity, of course, you know, being in the same state, uh, kind of recruiting and going after some of the same guys. But I don't understand how any of these teams in the non-conference schedule are going to be able to scout them. You know, with Sean Lewis, how multiple he can be on offense. Uh, You have Stanford at home. I think you can chalk that up as a win or a game that you should win. Uh, As I mentioned, at Washington State, that's going to be a tough one. So it's those games that really hinge for me, even at UCLA. That's a game that I wouldn't be surprised if the Buffs go in and win or if UCLA, as I said, with Dante Moore, they're just kind of building that program to be one of the next, or I guess I was going to say next in the Pac-12, but they're out of the Pac-12 after this year. Um, But give me the over, man. I think that we'll see a surprise win or two out of the Buffs. And, you know, if you win these games against Nebraska, if you beat TCU, uh, if you manage to beat the Rams, and then Stanford, and that's four right there. Have a few surprise wins, and I think you clear it with ease. I just wonder about continuity. As somebody that watched the challenges of trying to mix that many new players in such a short period of time, especially if things don't go well early, it, it can be tough. I mean, you don't have the same type of buy-in as like when guys have been in the program for years and years. I think the talent inside that locker room is upgraded. There's no question about that. I just wonder how quickly things come together. And with this schedule, I just think it's a tough spot to be in. So I I lean the under on this one, but not from the standpoint of I'm trying to be a hater or anything like that. I, I just think it's really hard to take this many new pieces and hit the ground running when you're opening against CU Nebraska and CSU, who at that point will have played another power five team. They've got to buy, they get to scout CU for two weeks. It's kind of a favorable position for the Rams going into that, despite the fact that it's in Boulder. CU will absolutely be favored. The history says they win all of that. I just, I just think it's going to be tough to come together. And with all these other teams, how much experience they have, I lean more like three and nine. I mean, it's entirely in play, but you know, that you can't deny the talent on this roster has been elevated. Like yeah. yeah. You went from being the worst P5 roster in the country, probably, or at least flirting with it. I mean, there are a couple, you know, Rutgers, Northwestern, there are a couple that you could probably throw out there to much upgraded. But it's not just about having talent. It's about being able for everybody to come together, you know, and I just, I don't know. I think that's the one element that Buffs fans are highly underestimating. And just as somebody who went into last season with, oh, it's going to be so much better. The staff is better. It is, absolutely. The talent is is upgraded. It was. It it still takes some time. It definitely does. I mean, there's a lot of new pieces and how they fit together is going to be absolutely crucial for this season. Uh, It's going to be why they're the team to watch in college football this year. 
I like it. I like the having you on. I like the input. And I mean, the the talent upgrade alone, it might be worth taking the over just because you get it at plus money. Like if as long as they exactly. pop, you really only need them to win like one game they probably shouldn't. And as long as they don't blow their winnable games, then they have a good chance to hit it. Exactly. All right, we're going to flip roles real quick. We're going to kind of breeze through these just because I'll talk about them more as we get closer. And I've already mentioned them once in the past. We're going to go through the Mountain West win totals real quick. Jake's going to drive now. I'm going to give a little bit of input and then uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll get right back to that discussion with Jake, but FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's baseball season. Get yourself an Aloha shirt, a straw hat, whatever you need for a game. They've got it. They've hooked us up with countless set decorations because FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports and they're going to have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the podcast description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. Finally, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. You can shop the entire collection at the brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall, full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, just exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. They always have your back exclusively for listeners. Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I'm going to start with Boise State. Um, Taylor Green, I really like watching him play quarterback. I know he's kind of a wild card, but this program has obviously shown that they can still recruit and be one of the best in the Mountain West on a year-in, year-out basis. Um, I don't have the line pulled up. That's my bad. All right, I got it. So over under eight and a half, you get plus 110 on the over, minus 120 on the under. Where do you think the Broncos land here? I like the over with Boise State. I just think the talent that they have offensively is going to be a challenge. They're going to have the best rushing unit in the conference. That's the identity under Andy Avalos. They want to run the football well. They want to occasionally stretch the field, occasional, or especially off play action, and they want to play good defense. He's a defensive minded guy. I believe I saw a stat that they're 14 and one under him when they rush for 150 plus yards. They've got a pair of solid backs. They, they do have a really tough schedule with Washington and UCF early. They also play like seven of the first eight weeks. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but it's something like that. And I, I could see if injuries come into play. You know, maybe they stumble a little bit there, but I, I like the over. There was a fun team to watch. You know, you mentioned that pack 12 after dark window. The Mountain West after dark window can get pretty lit, too. Um, all right, let's go to the conference champions. Fresno State, you know, Jake Hayner's moving on. He was one of my favorite players to watch in all of college football last year. So who's replacing him? How good can they be? Um, you know, I look at the out-of-conference, Purdue, Arizona State, not exactly cupcakes. You do have Eastern Washington. That's a tough FCS team, too. Where do you land? 
I hesitantly take the over. They brought in UCF transfer Mikey Keene. He's got 11 career starts. He played pretty well, actually, in those uh, games. CSU went after him a little bit, but given that Clay Millen was the clear established starter, not surprised that he ended up on the West Coast. I have a lot of faith in Jeff Tedford as a, a coach. Defensively, they should be really solid. They've got a good secondary. Lavelle Bailey is a stud at linebacker. The tough thing for them is just you have to basically replace all of your production. Hayner was the heart and soul of that team. You lost your starting running back, your two leading receivers. It's going to be all new guys there. And and how quickly can they hit the ground running? All of those games, as you mentioned, like you could see a good Fresno State team beating Arizona State or beating Purdue. You could also see them realistically losing all three of those because those are all tough type games. How about Air Force? Air Force completely took it to the buffs in the springs last year. I know that this is a program that is kind of a year-to-year basis, just considering because they are, well, the Air Force Academy and just those, uh, I guess, academic and um, service requirements that they have. Out of conference doesn't seem too tough this year. Where, how good is this Air Force Falcons team going to be, do you think? I have the utmost respect for Calhoun as a coach. I think he's the most underrated coach in college football. I mean, you lose Hazik Daniels at QB. You lose uh, Brad Roberts, who is their really versatile running back. I mean, they weren't just running triple option stuff with him. I mean, it was a lot of spread downhill. He was he was a force to be reckoned with. They do still have John Lee Eldridge in the backfield, who's a stud. I do like the over just because of this program. I think their schedule plays out pretty favorable for them. When I initially did a pot on these a couple months ago or like six weeks ago, I think I took the under just given the uncertainty without Daniels, without Roberts, but their O-line is going to be solid. Their defense should be pretty good. And at this point, they just, I trust the brand. I, I trust the reputation. How about Norvell's former team, the Nevada Wolfpack? I mean, last year started off hot 2-0, and and then they dropped 10 straight. Where is this program at right now? The line I see is 4, minus 125 to hit the over. Are you that confident they can clear that line? I'm not. I, I'm not high on this team at all. They do have former CU quarterback Brendan Lewis, who I think is a step up from what they've had this this past season, but... I don't know. They're, they're got to replace Toa Tua, who is like a three-year starting running back, a big bruiser, was very productive these past couple of years. They also lost Devontae Lee, who was their number two back. I just was not impressed by Ken Wilson. I, I will say that Phil Steele has a lot of love for Nevada. He pointed out that they lost a lot of close games and that it, it's very likely that if they win some of those games, then you could see them hitting. But uh, I, I'd take the under here because I just don't see offensively how they're going to keep up with some of these schools. And while I do think they will be somewhat stout defensively, Drew Watts is a pretty good linebacker. I don't foresee them being like a team that holds you under 20 points a game. And I think that's what they're going to have to do. My alma mater, the New Mexico Lobos, it's been terrible football for a long time there. Last year was really bad as well. Um, so this year they have the opportunity to get picked in the mouth against Texas A&M in week one. They're over underlined three and a half um, minus money on both sides. Minus 120 to go over minus 105 to go on the under. I I just can't believe in this program at all. I watched it up close and personal. It's just there's no investment. 
Um, what do you think? They, they got a CU transfer, Travis Gray is playing tackle for them, but I don't think that's enough to push them over the edge. <laughs> they did add Dylan Hopkins, a veteran quarterback at a UAB, so they should be much improved offensively, assuming that they can protect him. Who he's going to throw the football to, that's a, another question. Uh, Luke Wysong is kind of a nice multi-purpose type talent, small slack guy that does some stuff in the return game, then get him some carries. I just have a hard time seeing them be competent. I mean, Tennessee Tech, New Mexico State, if you win those, it's in play, but they got to go all the way to UMass. They just play a really weird schedule. If I'm Danny Gonzalez, like I'm so frustrated by this. Texas A&M you can live with because you need the money. But going on the road to UMass, it's like, can can we make this any tougher on us? We're trying to get a couple of wins here early on. I take the under. I think, unfortunately, the Gonzalez era ends. And it sucks because he's he's like the perfect guy to lead that program. Former player. He wants them to be relevant. But as you said, there's just not enough investment for them to play into the into this league, which is highly competitive at the top and highly invested. Been a revolving door at head coach for them too. So wouldn't surprise me to see them think that that's what they need to get this program back on track. UNLV, Vegas is uh, on the up and up all around, but UNLV is a program, you know, last year they had a decent season. Uh, They won five games. They went three and five in conference though. And they got blown out a few times. Uh, The line that I have, that I don't have, it's Sorry, not coming man. up for me, but I think it was like five and a half the last time I looked. Uh, I got one. All right, the line I have is four and a half. Um, it's plus 110 to go on the under. I think it's minus 125 to go on the over. Uh, this team plays Michigan week two. They're going to get kicked in the teeth then. Play Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's coming up too. Is UNLV going to be able to clear that four and a half win mark? I do I do like them over barely. I guess I'm putting a lot of faith in them being a stout defensive team with Petrino there. Or um God, not Petrino. Um Odom, excuse me, as their new head coach. They they do have to hit the ground running, as you mentioned. UNLV is tough. They're gonna have to beat a deceptively challenging Bryant team. They score a lot of points. Vanderbilt under Clark Lee has been a thorn in the side. They really were competitive. They ran the ball, they play good defense. I like him to go over just because I think Doug Brumfield is a stud at QB. They should be able to move the ball a little bit. And their their schedule plays out pretty favorably for them. They don't have to play a lot of the top schools in the league. They avoid Boise. They do have Fresno and Air Force, but I just think it's a favorable schedule. Then who's he state? Cordero's still the quarterback, right? Yeah, he was actually who I forecast to be the preseason first team all-conference selection. We'll see because Taylor Green, Boise State, they're the preseason favorite. But Cordero's stats, especially from a passing standpoint, are going to blow Greens out of the water. Yeah, I liked him going back to when he was uh, playing for the Rainbow Warriors at Hawaii. I just thought that he had a plus arm for this level and could really make some things happen. Um, They're an interesting team. I remember watching them quite a bit last year. The line I have is five and a half. Uh, minus 150 on the over, plus 125 on the under. Is this an easy clear for San Jose State? They have a really hard schedule. I do like the over just because... It's crazy. 
Yeah, but they play all the best teams in the league. Their non-conference schedule doesn't do them very much of a favor. I actually wanted to take them higher than I did in my preseason projection. But the more I went through the schedule, the more I was just like, how? Yeah, USC and Oregon State to open Cal Poly should be a win, but we'll see on the road at Toledo. That's no fun. Toledo's going to be pretty good this year. Then they get Air Force, Boise State. I mean, I could see them potentially starting the season pretty rough, but I, I <laughs> barely, I guess, they should sneak it because as long as they beat Hawaii, Utah State, I think they beat San Diego State and UNLV. They're going to have to beat a Fresno State, I think, for the over to hit. That's really what it comes down to for me. Utah State, this line's set at five and a half, plus money on the over at plus 115, minus 140 on the under. Uh, this team starts off against Iowa. That's a tough one. They also have James Madison coming into town in week four. I always thought this team is one of the more frisky teams in the conference on just a year-in, year-out basis. How good are they this year? They're probably the toughest team to forecast. You said that for Utah in the Pac-12, it, it feels very similar. I mean, they do bring their quarterback back, Cooper Legos, but I don't know. I just, they felt a little fluky to me at times under Blake Anderson. They made a surprise run to the Mountain West title game a couple of years, and they won a, a lot of games that they really shouldn't have. Kind of came back to normal last year. I, I lean the under hesitantly, but I, I do think they'll be competitive and probably right around that range, five and seven, six and six. Go to the island. Hawaii, I mean, this team has a, of course, interesting dynamic of playing where they are. Um, they have a bit of a home field advantage with that. But then on the other side, when you travel to these road games, it can be really tough. Only three wins last year. Line set at three and a half again, minus 115 on the over, minus 110 on the under. What do you think? Oh, I want to take the over so bad because I love Timmy Chang. They're frisky. They're going to be competitive. They were one of the best teams against the spread last year. I got to take the under just because the non-conference schedule does not do them any favors. They got to go on the road at Vanderbilt. It'd be a lot different story if that game was at home. You'd feel better about their chances. Stanford, who knows? If you can, st if you can steal a win there, maybe you have a chance to hit that four spot as long as you can win a couple games in league. But just playing Vandy on the road, going to Oregon. New Mexico State's frisky under Jerry Krill. That's not a program you can sleep on. I, I love Timmy Chang. I'm rooting for him. I want the over to hit. But the more I think about it, the more I use my brain and, and not my heart, I think I got to take the under. Three and nine feels very, very possible for them. Wyoming. Let's go to the Rams rival. Um, I don't think Josh Allen's suiting up for them this year. So uh, they should still be fun, though. They won seven games last year, had a winning record in the conference. This season, they open up against Texas Tech. You got to play Texas also two weeks after that. Appalachian State as well. This is a pretty brutal conference schedule. The line is a three and a half or six and a half plus 115 to go over, minus 140 to go under. Where you at? I like the over. They're going to have a really stout defense. Their front seven is absolutely loaded. Devon Harris, that edge is a beast. Cole Godbound, defensive tackle, is really, really good. Easton Gibbs, one of the best linebackers in the conference. 
I don't think they're going to be able to score enough points to hang with the the rest of these teams. And I actually think because of the way the conference schedule plays out favorably for them, I think Wyoming is going to start slow. They're going to re they're going to rebound. They're going to finish strong, win like seven games, not factor into the conference championship equation, but still be a bowl team. I could see them finishing slightly ahead of CSU in the standings, but still losing to the Rams because they can't score with them. I mean, CSU should have beat Wyoming last year. It's going to be a really physical matchup. I'm looking forward to that one. All right, here we go. CSU Rams starting off against Washington State. You have that early bye week, but then you don't have to travel to Hawaii until the last game of the season. It feels like that shakes out pretty favorably uh, for y'all. It's year two under Norvell, of course. You have the quarterback coming back. You have one of the better receivers in the conference and in the country in Torrey Horton. Minus 150, over four and a half, plus 125 on the under. Taking the over? Yeah, I like the over. Um, It was set at five and a half last year, and they returned 15 starters. The schedule is more favorable for them. They have much more continuity. Obviously, everything's going to be predicated on the offensive line not being literally the worst in the country, which is what they were last year. But I, I just have a hard time seeing this team be worse. I mean, they were playing the last eight weeks with 59 scholarship players, and they were more competitive than they were in the opening month. You're going to be deeper. Everything I just leaned on. I, I do like the over. The schedule does them no favors, though. I mean, the non-conference is a little a little less rough than last year. It's still tough with two power five teams, but at least the FCS team you're playing is in a national championship contender. You still got Boise state, you know, air force, Wyoming. Those are all really tough games, but I do like the over. I put their floor at four, their ceiling at about eight, likely split the difference, probably be right around 500. I like it, man. I think uh, both of these programs in the state are kind of on the up and up. So it's been a lot of fun to watch these developments for these teams. And hopefully we're getting back to some really competitive football in the state of Colorado. I hope so, man. I'm rooting for both of these teams to get back to a bowl game. I want that to be the baseline expectation going in, you know, once we get these teams going. It, It just feels so sad that we're to the point where it's like, I hope they can barely, you know, sneak into the New Mexico bowl or something like they got to get to the point where the bull is the the bare minimum and the hope is to compete for championships. Exactly. Here's the hoping, brother. Here's the hoping, man. I appreciate you hopping on with me. I know you got to get going here. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Follow the main man on Twitter. What's your handle? At Jake DMBR. Nice and simple. Follow him. Uh, you can follow his podcast and stuff at DNVR Buffs. I know most of you probably not super interested in all of that, but they really do great work. They cover the Pac-12 well. It's worth checking it out. At the end of the day, the best kind of fan is an informed fan. So you got to know your enemy. Check it out. Jake, thank you for joining me. Probably never make it when well, you listening to that right now. I said we on now.